Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, well, well. Chip Scoggins, Judd Zolgad, conduits of trouble, and uh, Chip Scoggins, no lack of opportunity to talk about a variety of Minnesota-based sports topics this week. It was week. a busy week, Judd Lee. Should we start with the Twins? Sure. Your thoughts, because I've certainly espoused mine, <laughs> on uh, what transpired by 3 p.m.'s deadline with the Sergio Romo being traded for on Saturday and reliever Sam Dyson on Wednesday. It was, uh, I would say I was um, mixed feelings because... They definitely improved their bullpen, right? Yep. They got two relievers that, that definitely upgraded their bullpen. Absolutely. But it was hard not to be frustrated and angry when you look at what Houston did and the fact that they didn't come out of this with a starting uh, with a starting pitcher. And it was a weird deadline because of, like, what are the Mets doing? Um, or the Reds doing, or the Reds doing, or I the Giants, or I the Giants. One, yeah. The Giants are sort of half in. Half, they're at, they were half buyers, half sellers. You know, they 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 hung on to uh, Bumgarner. Obviously, got rid of Dyson. Um. So, but I it just it felt it's underwhelming. The right word. Yeah. I, th- I, I think underwhelming. I agreed with you. I agree with you. I was very mixed because they did improve the bullpen. I guess the frustration comes in this. If I didn't, if I hadn't gone into Wednesday feeling that this was a World Series type team, mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, you know what? You didn't get ex- everything, but I'm, but man, I feel, and, and I've told Phil this on our show a bunch. To me, it feels like a real lost opportunity mm-hmm. because no matter what you think about your window, you know, the window's going to be open for five years now. There's no way that we're having this discussion every year, yeah. and that is your league is not that good. You are pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, opportunity to certainly, if nothing else, get to the World Series Yeah, that that there was. And now, with as you mentioned, with what uh, Houston did with Granke, it's really hard I, to feel that I, way. I guess I just wish we would could know – like be a fly on the wall with those conversations and see what they were offering. Now, you know, who was it that wanted Buxton? Okay, come on. They're not going to do that. Well, and of course Th- the Mets asked for Buxton. You asked for know that. But did they go back and say, hey, we'll give you Kirilov or Lewis and another top ten prospect? Yeah. Did they Did they ever approach saying, hey, we'll give you Sano? And so we don't, you know, we don't know those things. But obviously they weren't aggressive enough to get a starter. And you know, obviously, Grinky had a no trade. He was not, so you can't blame him for that. He was nope. not. He they were on his list, so there was no way he was going to come off that. But it just feels like you're right, a missed opportunity because this team can hit its way to a World Series, but I don't know if they can pitch their way there. 
Yeah, and starting pitching wise, I feel like they definitely can't now. Yeah. Um, I just don't. I go. I go. Barrios, who I really like, and yes, he's not always perfect, but he's pretty but he's damn good. good. He's good. He's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I go Barrios. Question marks. Yeah. Michael Pineda is currently your second best starter. I and think Chip, so. if you ask me about, hey, how how do you feel about um, playing the Astros or Yankees with a rotation that goes um, Barrios at the top and then Pineda? I'm going to tell you, I don't feel that good about that. Yeah, at Barrios, he's you know maybe not in the category or, or definitely not in the category of some like the top three pitchers in the league or whatever. But he's a guy that you get to playoffs, you're like, all right, they got a shot here. I mean, it's not whoever they face up with game one. Right. You're going to feel like he's you have a shot with him. After game two, three, four, you're going to say they need to score a lot of runs. Probably, yeah. and it, it, to the to me, this just puts a lot more pressure on that offense. You're gonna have to score eight or nine runs in a, in a playoff but game. But Chip, which... that that was, I think, and th- this is why this, the series was so important. The Yankee series, yeah, like you saw what the playoffs were yep. gonna be, right? Yeah, I that, saw... that was like the, but it was like somebody took Falvey and Levine a blueprint and said, okay, here, you know, forget what you do against the White Sox, the Royals, the Tigers. Here's your blueprint. What do you? Were you surprised the Yankees weren't able to do anything? I mean, oh, how, yes. how do you? And they're getting hammered. If you're them, so how, do the you White not, Sox. how do you not get a starter? That, that I mean, their staff is in shambles. So here's my theory, and the Astros literally don't care, and it might be brilliant because prospects are prospects. There's no guarantee. My the, my theory is that nobody wants to be what the Pirates were to the Rays, which is Chris Archer got traded for two major league. Ready prospects, but man, they got Archer, and then he sort of fails. Yeah. And then the Pirates are like, "Ooh boy!" And then the Rays get two nice players. But I also think it's almost like, more importantly than trying to win now and chip and win a World Series, is this: we don't want to go to the to the baseball party winter yeah. me- meetings, right? And have teams be like, "How could you trade those two great players?" Yeah. It's almost like the prospect hoarding has become more important than the actual winning. Yeah, I mean, there's probably something to it because. Although other than, I mean, Astros gave up what three of their top ten, seven. Is they like they gave up three, three of the top five, right? They gave up three, four, and five. Yeah. The prospect ranked. Which ranks. I I like that. They're yeah. they, they, you know their ownership said you know what we're going to win a World Series and if it doesn't guarantee it'll happen but at least they you know they're giving it a shot. Yeah, I mean it's what was the highest ranked prospect the Twins gave up? Thirty, it, it, I think. Yeah. So it's like. But it was well, nowhere near the top ten. So the. But without knowing like what they offered in packages to, uh, you know, Toronto or San Francisco or whatever. So I mean, it's just disappointing. And um, obviously, Dyson's <laughs> debut was uh, it, pro- it was sort of a fitting way after all the drama and anger and angst and frustration and to have the reliever come in and just have just a complete no out. Yeah. Do you blame Rocco in that situation? I I understand the logic that if a guy shows up mid game, probably shouldn't use him. But in saying that, you're playing Miami. Come on, man. You, that's not a well. You know, it's what not I, a great team. I don't think if you're playing Houston, you probably don't. But you, you're feeling, you know, just ease him into this. And I partially blame Rocco, but my ultimate feeling is Sam Dyson flew in from Philadelphia, and I know he flew in the same day. But dude, throw strikes. He's not crossing crossing time zones. He's not right. I mean, it was probably a two hour flight. In first class, if that, if yeah, so you know, throw come in and throw strikes, and I get it. He he didn't pitch well, um, but but what that did show too is because because unlike Zim, Rocco tells us nothing. Yeah, it showed you how Rocco felt about the rest of that bullpen. Well, yeah, I mean, 
as so you said before. You go back to the day. You go back. What options? Yeah, you go back to the day before. They're up seven nothing. He pulls Barrios at eighty-one pitches, and you have seven only. You don't use Trevor May. Yeah. You, you think so little of Trevor May at this point. You don't use him against Miami, like a Triple A team that you don't. Yesterday, four-one. They don't use Trevor May. They have such little faith in him right now. Parker didn't pitch until, or Harper didn't pitch until extra innings yesterday, right? Correct. He didn't pitch in the seven-zero game. Correct. No, like, I know, but that's it, that's Rocco telling you what he. So he basically has faith in three relievers right now: the two new guys and and Rogers against the Marlins. <laughs> so what's that going to spell when you play good teams? Yeah, you know, because the Twins get they start a ten uh, game homestand. We're recording this on Friday tonight. And you get Kansas City for three, and you should sweep. You should sweep. You should at the very least win two or three, but you should sweep them. Hell, you should have swept the Marlins, and Mm -hmm. in my opinion, you should have swept the White Sox. But anyway, you didn't. So, but then uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the Braves come in, Mm -hmm. and your Braves are a nice club. They're very good. This ain't Murph and and (laughs) Company. It isn't Horner. (laughs) Sorry to sorry to insult your childhood club, (laughs) but you know they they lost a lot of games, and then you get four against Cleveland. Yeah, and in those. Ten, I believe it's ten left against Cleveland are going to decide. This. It's going to decide, yeah. Because which, I mean, which as a baseball fan, I think is great, but it's going to decide. And that's the thing. We, we've talked a lot about uh, schedule gets harder for Cleveland, and gets easier for Twins or whatever. But it's what still ten games head to head. I mean, that's where your division is yeah. going to be won. And they got. And by the way, their offense got yeah, better. They got better. They got better at the deadline. Framil Reyes can hit hit some home runs. He can't play the field, but they're not going to care. They can DH him. Mm-hmm. Puig was in Puig. right field last night. So their offense yeah. is going to be be formidable now, especially compared to you know opening day at Target Field. Cleveland put out that lineup, and we're all like, "Oh boy, you got some injuries," but because I score runs, I believe Lindor was out for that game. But yeah. man, that's a bad lineup. Well, come August now, this is not a bad lineup. And think about it, you, you could afford to get rid of Bauer. Yeah, you know that's who went to the guy. I love the fact that you went to the game as a fan. What a goofball. <laughs> What a complete walking around with his backpack on. What a complete goofball. Oh boy, he would have been interesting uh, to add to your clubhouse. Yeah, I don't know how he would like because he's such a good pitcher. I think it could have helped you for sure on the field in the clubhouse. Chemistry wise, he might be a dicey guy. But you know what? The thing about this is, for all the Twins fans who are like, well, Mad Bum didn't get traded, and Syndergaard didn't get traded ultimately, and Granke wouldn't have come here, I got one name for you, and I'm never going to give this up, Marcus Stroman. Yeah. And don't, and you know what, Chip, don't tell me, well, we made an offer, and then they took the, what the Mets off. You've you got to go back. you got to be on that doorstep. Yeah, you got to keep going back. you got to be knocking on that. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and the other thing you know, uh, we were discussing is you wonder if they did not – um, get burned by less weight until closer to the deadline because uh, the sellers will come off their price. And so yep. could they have made a deal a month ago? Now, it may have cost a little bit more, but yeah. did they, by waiting, did they, you know, cost them a shot of getting one of these uh, starters? I think they got cute and creative. And but and here here's the frustrating thing for me. I'm willing to buy into, and I firmly do believe, that these are smart people. Yeah. Like they're new school baseball smart people. But I've always been of the of the thought process is I think you're smart, so show me. Mm-hmm. Like show me you're smarter than most. Yeah. And and that means that when you've got a new market out there and one deadline, right? Yes. That you're going to do something and I'm going to be like, that was genius. 
which means might do something earlier. The, the Twins did nothing that screamed, no. that was genius. And you're right. You know what? The San Francisco Giants in June were a dumpster fire. Yeah. If you had gone to them and been like, we don't want to do this, but, we, but we'll pay the price. Mm-hmm. Bumgarner, here's a top 10 prospect. Yeah. Instead of waiting and thinking they're going to be a dumpster fire at the deadline, they'll be, yep. you know, they'll be, they'll get desperate. They want to unload them. Well, San Francisco all of a sudden came back and they, they were half buyers, half seller. I don't really know what the philosophy was, but it makes no sense. Um, but yeah. And so I, I don't really, I didn't see anything creative. Did you? No, no. I think they got cute, but then got burned and, and they thought, I, I think they thought that as the deadline closed in, teams would say, okay, we'll get, sell. get desperate and just try to get rid but, of it. But then if that's your philosophy then, that goes back to my point. Okay, if that's how you're going to think and you are among the smartest uh, front offices out there, then you have to get Strowman. Like well, it's no, there's no there's no debate here about it. Then you have to. If that's what you're going to do and only one guy goes, you either got to get that guy or we're going to say what will happen. And the problem is it was, it was weird because some teams um, – Acted differently than what you traditionally see. The Mets, Reds. I mean, teams that are terrible yep. became buyers. I know. I, I, <laughs> what, and the Mets thing. What made, exactly was that? I think it's owners trying, thinking that they can win while their executives are saying we, we yeah. have, have to build. And the Mets, I'm not quite sure. That sounds the familiar. Mets are, the Mets are. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> no, Greg Leopold. It's, it's the same thing. Let's look across the river. Well, I I read it that the red that the guy who owns the Reds basically sees a difference between can I win 87 and 84 games and he's <laughs> like if I can win 87 I'll do what it takes oh my goodness which is which is is just dumb yeah the Mets I think the Mets in the wild to me Chipper are very similar right now yeah you don't know like what exactly is the overall plan of philosophy here like right. what are you trying to accomplish and I don't know they can tell you no well. Pivoting to uh, pivoting to the wow, we we heard what the owner thinks, which I'm not sure. And you, many people believe him. You went to the Fenton. I did go to the, yeah. Conference. I went to the press I conference. Not. Tell me about it. It was I. You know I will say, in my interactions with Leopold over the years, he's pretty dog honest, and he will when things go bad, he'll stand up and face the music, and he didn't run from it. Then, but <clears throat> that was the thing I asked him is. Towards the end of the uh, presser, and I said, where exactly is your organization right now? And he basically said, you know, we need to figure that out. And But he went on, but he said, I think we're a playoff team. He said, I like our defense. I like our goalie. I like our forwards. There's no reason this team, <clears throat> this team cannot be a playoff team. But that, but if you remember... When they got rid of Fletcher, I think that was the whole thing that was, okay, they're good enough to be a playoff team, but they're not really a credible playoff team. They're not a team that's going to win a championship as is. They can get in. They can keep getting Correct. getting knocked out in the first round. Yep. And maybe that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I, I do wonder if Craig is somehow now falling. Because I got the sense that he – had reached the point where he became realistic about it, where he said, this is not a championship roster. It's a playoff roster, but not a championship roster. And so we need to... And it's a borderline playoff roster. Yeah, but I wonder if if he did not, if he's not fallen prey to that just get in. Hockey playoffs, you never know. Just get in, get hot. Because of what St. Louis did? Mm -hmm. Maybe. It's just so dangerous because the Blues the Blues were playing so poorly, but they had components. They had some components. They didn't have the key one, though. And, the, and then Bennington got called up. See, here's my problem. 
I don't – if it's healthy, I think the Wild has a good defensive core. The goaltender is not a Stanley Cup goaltender, and he's never going to get hot enough to be that mm-hmm. guy. He might get hot for a series, best case, but he's not going to carry you through. But the other thing, and, and this is where it, you just slap them right in the face, is you need a frontline center. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, Russo's piece with Parisi about a week ago, which is yeah. a great read on The Athletic, had the line of the century where Parisi basically came clean and said, we've never had that center. No. Thanks, Miko. Thanks, Miko. Miko, I love you. You're my best buddy of all time. But we've never had that. They haven't but he's had right. And Zach's right. But, yeah. but they lack – okay, so I'm going to tell you. This is going to sound – I'm going to run this past you. You've been my friend for a long time. And this is going to sound conceited of me to say, but it's my frustration, okay? I hate when executives – get something put in front front of them that's like a gift from the heavens of mm-hmm. here's where you are, all right? The Twins got the Yankees series. And, like, we all watch the series. We're like, I know exactly what's wrong with the Twins. Yeah. Like, I know exactly what they need now. That ser- you walked out of Target Field having lost two or three, of the, if you're the Twins, with a blueprint. The Wild knows exactly what they don't have. And those are, and those are not components where you're just going to uh, luck box your way through a playoff. Or trade for it. Exactly. So this might sound conceited, but it bug, it bugs me when I feel like people like me and you can see this yeah. and be like, oh, that's your problem? It's their major problems, but the team's still like, oh, no, we'll be fine. Well, and that's why I wonder – Fenton had many, many – and I do agree with uh, with Le- <clears throat> Leopold that it, <clears throat> excuse me, that wasn't just one thing. It wasn't, you know, personality. I, but I, I think one component of that is I just think they were on parallel different tracks about vision. I think Fenton, in his heart of heart, wanted to blow this thing up and start over. I agree. I think Leopold loves making the playoffs, likes getting that playoff money. He's such a fan. He hates being outside the playoffs and hates watching it, even if it's for one series. And I think he said, ah, but we got Zach and Suter and Koivu and Stahl. We got these old guys, and we can't afford to go through a rebuild. And, oh, by the way, <clears throat> fans are, are fewer and fewer fans are coming through our doors. We have a season ticket problem now. You're right. And if we sit there and say we're going to have a full blown rebuild and go real young, we're going to lose even more season ticket holders. That's going to come out of my pocket, and it's going to be hard for us to build get back. And so, I think he looked at the season tickets. I think he looked at his age and roster. Probably listened to. Some of those players, whether yeah. it's Koivu or Suter, and said, hey, we don't want to go through a rebuild. What did Zach say in, in Russo's thing? What? I wouldn't mind being traded. I heard How actually, scary is that for you, I, I if heard, you're the owner? I heard actually behind the scenes that he has gone and said, if this is your course, trade me. Yeah. Which is damn near impossible, by the way. Sure. So it's not that simple. So he's hearing that. He's yep. seen his season tickets uh, renewals down. Yep. He He's a fan who likes being in playoffs. And he sees what St. Louis does. He has a GM now, all of a sudden, who's, you know, personality-wise is just running roughshod through everybody and scorched earth, but also is telling him, hey, this roster's not good enough. We need to rebuild it. We need to turn over. We need to get younger. We need to bottom out. Right. And so I just think I, – I don't honestly don't know what the hell their plan is. I, I really don't. I don't think they have one. I think their plan is to try from year to year to be as good as possible, and that's never going to get, get your – here's what I want to know, Okay. Because let's let's start from the premise of this market is as hockey savvy as they say, okay? Yeah. And and I do think that that the sport of hockey is very much a cult sport, and so you've got a fan base that's not 
it's not huge, but it's a good fan base, and certainly here it's a great fan base. Why don't you go and tell them the truth, which is the events of July 4th, 2012 didn't work. We tried. Yeah. Because nobody – Nobody's going to fault you. No. I mean, are you going to – no one's going to no. write a retrospective saying, you idiots. They got to a playoff we, six years. And we were all on board with the thought of, oh, my gosh, for one day, a Minnesota professional team is the Yankees. It didn't work ultimately. Right. I would say it worked somewhat. They got to a playoff. They became a but playoff you, team. But it was designed to get you a Stanley Cup sure. or two, and it didn't. But my point is, yeah. my point is, whatever they tried to do sort of worked, but it certainly didn't really work as far as championships, okay? And then say – Unfortunately, to get as good as we want to get, you're going to have to be patient. And that doesn't mean five years, by the way. Yeah. That means, that means yes, you, unless you, you can trade uh, Parisi or Suter or both, which I don't think you probably can, that means that you're going to have to put up with some more hurt. But it's as if Craig just keeps saying – I mean, they, they made the trades at the deadline, and he released a video chip to season ticket holders yeah. saying, we're still trying to make the playoffs. But what's the example you always use, Connor McDavid? It's a shame that – more people don't get to see him. Yep. There's no guarantees. If you get a a stud player, like the you know the mother of all stud players. Right. But I'm just my point. And is, I think that's their fear. If you bought him out, there's no guarantee you're going to get the right player. You're going to get the number one pick. But and, my point is, right now, feeding the public what you are, they're not buying it. Which, no, they which don't. Which is buy why they're canceling. Sure. Yeah. So what Craig is saying is meaningless. Yeah. So and I don't even think it has to be. We're trying to be as bad as we possibly can. But we, it has to be set up as a period of patience. Yeah. And instead, it's like this. No, we're still going to try and make the playoffs. Well, don't. I mean, and you look at what Fenton was doing. Like he got rid of some old guys, brought in young guys. So it felt like okay, now it's a youth movement. But then he would go after old guys, and I think that was. And I think that's Leopold. I think that's, that's the Mets. Yeah, it's it's. Zuccarello is the Will Ponds, <laughs> and, right. and Fiala is Brody Van Wagenen. Yeah. Yeah, it's and that's where I think it's confusing. Like what? So I'm going to be fascinated to see what Leopold does with his next hire in terms of, you know, we've heard tweaks. So I, I think at this point that's probably what he wants to hear. He does wants he, to see. Tw- I don't, does I don't he know. have an advisor who can help him? Like does is he needs a, he needs? Well, you think Madonna now? Mikey needs to tell him, Craig, you're doing this all wrong. Like this is really you're this is you're hurting yourself more than helping yourself. How much is Madonna going to be part of the personnel though? I don't know. I can't tell. I so can't. If it's a business thing, supposedly he has no. Didn't Craig say he has no interest in being the GM? Which well, yeah, he was fine. asked. He said no way. Yeah, no way. But I could see him now. Now he's a pretty savvy guy. I could see him. But is he studying personnel? I don't know. But but my point is, if he wants to. That, that to me strikes me as a potential like president of hockey ops guy. Sure, but yeah. then the GM's the the GM's the decision maker ultimately. But anyway, somebody needs to tell Craig the truth, which is you're just this is really poorly handled right now. It's it's amazing, Jeb, because wouldn't you say? I mean, they weren't always a playoff team, but you felt like there's stability with that organization yes. from the from its inception. Yep. Well, they were run by think who think who ran. Them. I know, yeah. Jack Sperling, Lywicki. <laughs> I know some of the those most brilliant that, guys in, yeah. in pro sports. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and, you, and you get Jacques, and you know, but even all, all the way up until this point, you felt like they had stability. They had a plan, even if it was you know, even Fletcher sometimes. I mean, he went all in a couple times and it didn't work, but he, you felt like okay, they they're on, they're in pretty good hands here. Uh-huh. Like right now, it just feels like they're in absolute mess. Which okay, let's segue then. Russo's report, and I, I think the strip had the same thing. 
that um, that they talked to Hextall, which I sort of get. Hextall was doing a rebuild or yeah. a retool in Philadelphia. Um, he might not be the greatest name, but I think he's competent. And and it's it's not surprising that I think Craig said that they're looking for an experienced GM sure. this time around. Yeah. But the second part of Russo's report that came out I think last night was Peter Chirelli, yeah. the Oilers GM, who was who was seen as a buffoon and clown in the National Hockey League. Yes. What are you doing even talking to him? Why are you going near him? That's that's the thing that's just completely confusing by this because you you just screwed up your last GM hire about as bad as you can screw up, right? Yes. That's that's as a biggest swing as miss as you can make when you have to fire a guy 14 months later. I think there's no question. Yes. And one of the first two guys you interview is a guy who's widely mocked around the NHL for being a guy who doesn't know how to run a team. A guy who screwed up a roster that had Connor McDavid on it. Yeah. So it's like. I don't care if you're not going to hire him. Just for perception's sake. Exactly. I mean, I don't know. When you're doing her list. Like, who's telling Craig to put him on there? I don't know. And I hope it's not Craig. Or is Craig saying that? And nobody, again, he's got all yes men, so no one's saying, like, Craig, we can't can't be doing that. That's a bad idea. Yeah. Well, it sounds like Madonna's part of the process now and Matt Maka, who's a business. Business guy, right. Who runs the business side of it. So um, I'm guessing now that that news is out, they're – they they're understanding the blowback and feedback, but, but it shouldn't even get to that point. But it's your but your point's the best point, which is why are why are you going down this path that's going to embarrass you more when you I just know. got done with Fenton, who was seen as a tyrant, who was who was seen as a guy who destroyed every you know yeah. I mean Chuck, Chuck from the, all the mistakes Chuck made, I think internally Chuck built up a lot of good, and Chuck was very professional. And he made good moves too. Yeah, right. So I'm not insulting Chuck, but. And the saddest thing about this entire conversation, and I've said this before too, is if this is what the Craig's goal was going to be, he never should have fired Chuck. Well, that's, just continue to spin your wheels with Chuck because at least he's not embarrassing you. Yeah, and he so, never embarrassed you. No, and it goes back to, I mean, Chuck was getting you to the playoffs. Yeah, and so he, but that, that that's where the whole miss miss messages came through because Chuck was getting him to the playoffs, and when he fired him. Basically, he was saying, we need somebody that's going to take us beyond the first round to get us to that championship. But we, we don't need to tweak the roster. Well, it's like, this is not a championship roster. You need more right. tweaks. And you're missing key components. Yeah. And so that's where I, I that's where I thought he was – I thought Fenton probably assumed, okay, he's going to let me just blow this thing up because it's – even though he said tweaks, I'm sure privately they have said, this is not a championship roster. We need to do something significant, major. we got to shake up the core. That's not tweaks. What he did at the trade deadline was not tweaks. I mean, you dismantled your core. Yeah, and you gave away. And you tried to get rid of Zucker. And you gave yeah, and you gave away a player in in Nino for Victor Rask, which is going to turn into ultimately probably the worst trade that franchise has ever made yeah. because Rask is going to eventually have to be taken off this roster because I think he's useless. But then you you know you, you bring back Stall and give him the. I know. No move and But how much but my okay, but my question but is Is that Leopold? Right. How much of this is on Craig? I think Or he, or how how much is is on on the assistant GM to the assistant and what I would term to be co-owner Ryan Suter <laughs> who also is in in Craig's ear constantly. That's the other problem is Zach it feels like Zach and Ryan have influence and you got to say boy I, if I took the, if I took this job, I would say, Craig, you could talk to those guys all you want. I never want to hear what they have to yeah, say. Yeah, I, I think it, the, 
stop listening to players and and taking advice about or don't or if I'm GM or never just, never tell me about don't it. never tell me yeah you could talk to him because I know you you know yeah go hang you out feel that's valuable all you, all you want but players should not determine who's the GM they should not determine trades they should not determine anything you right. stay in your lane and don't forget Ryan and Paul Fenton were buddies from their time together in Nashville sure so but that but. We're exploring going down numerous really bad paths. Yeah. Players making calls. Guy who owns the team being a big fan. And plus, this is sort of his, you know, old school. This is sort of his toy. Like, like Craig's not a business tycoon yeah. who, like, and I'm not even saying that that's a good thing, but sometimes those guys are okay because they're just hands off. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and here's the amazing thing. Think, th- think about this. If I were to ask you, if I were to ask you a year ago, Owners in this town rank them. You know, Glenn Taylor is easily last at the time, right? Now, it's Craig. Glenn Taylor's no longer. Glenn at least looks like he took a direction that that we all think okay, it's different. That's a good yeah. direction. and this this like you look at the uh, the teams in town, the Vikings. You feel like they're in solid hands, even though you know there's no guarantees. But with uh, Spielman, Brzezinski, that crew, at least they feel like they have a plan. Now the, I would agree completely. It, you know, it hasn't come to fruition. What you, you know, the the Super Bowl, but they've built up a respectable operation. Yep. Twins, you can see what they're doing. Absolutely, can see what they're doing. It's frustrating they didn't do more, but you can see what they're doing, building up the infrastructure, their core players. You can, you know. Yep. I would say with the Wolves. Now we have to see how it works, but at least they're trying to be progressive and try different things. Yep. And you feel like they have a plan. Correct. Like, I have no clue what in the world the Wilds' plan is. If they're... I don't think they do, to be fair. And, and Craig sort of admitted, I think Craig admitted that. He said, we, he said we have to figure out you know, what we are and where we're going. But he needs a GM. He needs a GM to come in, in here and become... What they have to do is they need a president of hockey ops and a GM. And that might be the same person. It might not be. But they need to sweep out all of the business people and all of the fans. Like, Craig needs to get out. Part of the agreement has to be that Craig will get out of the way completely. I want, if I took the job as GM, I want the agreement that when the game is done, Craig gets in his car and goes home. <laughs> no, seriously. I, yeah. I don't want to talk to him after games. I, I because What do you do with the roster, though? What do I do with the roster? Yeah. I feel like I don't sort think of you can stuck. trade Parisi. I'd love to trade Zach. I don't think you can. Um, what I do is I come in and state my intentions to trade stall at the deadline for sure. He's not, mm-hmm. I'm not dealing with this. I'm trading stall for sure. I'm going to Miko to see if he'll waive his no trade for sure. But what do you I mean? What's, what's the value of those guys right now? No, but I'm just telling you what I'm taking off the right. Yeah. No, but no, no, no. But, but purging continues to be important. See, yeah. I think because of all of the stuff that's gone wrong and Fenton, you know, Fenton was a tyrant. Yeah. Nobody liked him, but he had some right ideas. Like the locker room needs to be purged. He needed to overturn that. You need to turn it, it over yeah. so that so that you know the Donatos of the world can become the guys. Yeah. Um, I'm probably looking to trade Dubnik at some point. I I don't. I got to be honest. If I get this job, my first words to Craig would be, I don't care about 2019-20. Yeah. Like I, it's all about turnover. How we do on the ice is of no consequence to me. Well, it, and you, you have to, you'd have to say that in the interview process, and you wonder if Craig wants to hear that. In the no, but process. I would say that because if if the his current path, yeah, if you are good at what you do and you're a GM, you're crazy if you take the job, right? 
Unless, unless you, well, I think if you don't have any option, it is still a GM job in the NHL, and guys kill for those Unemployment opportunities. Unemployment pays pretty well. <laughs> it's like Fenton's going to get paid for a couple years here. Yeah, exactly right. I, you know, their defense, I like their defense. Their I defensive agree. core. I like Dumbo. So you, like you're starting at a good spot there, right? Yep. Well, but this depends. Is Spurgeon going to sign with me no, too yeah. now? Or is Spurgeon I think decided, now that. Or has Spurgeon decided yeah. it's such a dumpster fire that he. Are they going to have money if the price is jacked up to sign him? I assume they will. Well, Spurgeon could get you a lot too in a trade. I, I like. Yeah, I wouldn't trade him. I, see, I like the thought of trading him. You think you can him. get a center maybe? I, I think I could get, I think I could get a nice package for, for him. He's a, he's, he is a regular season dynamo. But look at how the playoffs unfold, too. Yeah. See, that that's what's weird about this league is you almost have to build two teams. Well, yeah. Calgary. Calgary was a Goudreau. Great regular season team chip, but look at them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Spurgeon's the type of guy in the playoffs who could get and, – and, by the way, the refs allow it there. Just get mauled. Just get mauled. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's, there's a lot of work. I mean, your question is a good question. Of, there is a ton of work. Your question to Craig is probably yeah. the best question you can ask. Yeah, and – it's not something you can fix in one off season. You're right. No. 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 And it, I don't. And I. And you need to find eventually a center, a number mm-hmm. one center. You have to. And I. Firmly, Do they have any in the pipeline? And I. Not a number one center. No. 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 This is gonna be. This is gonna take. I mean, that's why Paul, those guys. You get those. You get those players high in the draft, top, right? The, right? Top ten. Yeah. Blackhawks. Tate. Yeah. Those are. Yeah. Those are top five picks. But I don't know that they're ever gonna be a top five pick. That's why I might. Tr- I might with try. his roster. Do you see him as a top five pick? I don't. I think if I sabotage the goalie position correctly, <laughs> I, I I could do it. You could get there. <laughs> I think if I God bless him. I think if I traded Dubnik, which I would do, and put Stalock between the pipes, and get, because this team will give up as they showed last year. Yeah. Like there's give up in, in that room. I think if I sabotage the goalie position on purpose, I could get him a really high draft. Yeah, you'd be that, That's what I would do. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Bruce. I love Bruce. But but Chip, you're right. They're just. The problem is they're in quicksand. Yeah, they're just they're just being dragged down slow to this slow hockey death. Yeah. But anyway, talking to Peter Trelli doesn't exactly embolden no. my confidence. No, no, no. It does not embolden my confidence. So, last thing, Vikings. Yes. Your thoughts on on volatile Zim so far, <laughs> including going so far as to rip his defense on what Thursday morning, I believe, because he's not happy. In- that his defense is not playing as well as he wants. Hey, he's been here, what, five years? Is this his fifth year? Or uh, 2014, right? Yeah. 14, 15, they made the playoffs. So it's fifth or sixth? Yeah. How many times has he been that vocal, has discussed with his defense? Not very often. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I wasn't out there, was it two days ago? Was it Wednesday when the offense lit up the defense pretty yes. good and all the... Yes, Wednesday and then Thursday. <laughs> and then Thursday morning after the walkthrough, he talked. And yeah. And he was asked some innocuous question about Anthony Harris at safety. <laughs> <laughs> God bless him. Just ripped his defense. He, he wanted to... Uh, he was waiting for the first oh, he's got a, defensive play because all the other ones were offense. He was like, you can ask him about I, anything. I love him because he does not listen to the question. No. He just hears... Like defensive player, he came there to rip and goes off. <laughs> he well, came there like, to rip. At, he was after, just waiting for the right opening. So they they opened training camp a week ago Friday, and I asked him some just simple question about the offense and adapting. Yeah, and he turned it into a question about the offensive line, and then ripped oh, De Filippo for back. Ah, well, at least we're not going to be in shotgun all the time. <laughs> he had to go get one more party you know shot. What? After a summer of Rocco, I've decided it's good. I love Zim. I know. Yeah, just just. 
Cut it loose. Just whatever you want to say, yeah. Mike. Whatever you, I don't, you know, yeah. I'll ask you about Pluto, <laughs> and you tell me about your uh, offense. Well, you do wonder too, and I, I do by his theory that they've been together so long, and there's a lot of veterans on there that probably are like training camp stinks, or you know, let's right. just get through this. Whereas the offense came back with a hell of a lot to prove. <laughs> yes. And a new system, so that keeps your focus and. A lot of criticism, a lot of questions, um, and so you could see where they probably would have a little more energy or fire in the belly or whatever. Whereas the defense is kind of kind of autopilot to some extent, you know. Yep. And and I, and I don't blame training camp for those guys. Probably is monotonous. They hate it, so you're probably not getting their best effort. And this is probably them saying, "Hey, let's go. Time, time to pick it up." I, I don't think it's anything to worry about. I think it's him probably just saying. Let's click it off autopilot and start going. It's perfect too because because he knows he knows that he can rip his defense. Sure, like they're not going to be like, oh, Zim ripped us too. Yeah. But it also then basically in a roundabout way tells the offense. Good job, by the way, Gary's <laughs> offense. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised if Gary said, "Why don't you bring some platitudes our way?" Yeah. And then it tells the offense, "Good job." Yeah. And and because Zim Zim gets in way more trouble when he rips areas that he doesn't control, right? <laughs> yeah. So like if he rips the if he rips the offense, the offensive line is soft. They're like, what? Well, you, I don't. I would be surprised if he would rip the offense too much. Uh, this training camp just because you. they've been. I agree. He's not going to kick the dead horse, and so I think he's going to go the other way and praise him as much as he can because you're trying to well, one or. You want to build confidence, but two, it is a new system, so it may look a little ragged. But so far, I mean, Cousins has looked pretty good. Um, but again, it's it don't again, read too much. Got, in, it's training. He's camp. got cones in front of him. It's training camp. He's yeah, got stationary cones it's, and guys who aren't going to make the roster. Yeah, he, he's not being sacked. And right, and so there, you know, I was at the one practice where he threw a pass. He, it would have been a clear sack, you know, but they don't touch it. But he threw a pass, and it was a touchdown. The crowd goes crazy. I'm like, come on. No, that would have been a sack. <laughs> I, I was there last Sunday, Chipper, and there, there was one where he he held on the ball and he brought it down by his side. That was a strip sack. Yeah. And then there was another one where he wouldn't have lost the ball in a fumble but been sacked. But then when practice got done, Zim had had him run for the second time in three days, yeah. and they got done doing their wind sprints, and the crowd went crazy. <laughs> That's right. I'm not kidding you. The crowd went absolutely crazy because they got done doing their wind sprints. What is the uh, – at what point do you start getting nervous about the secondary and the cornerbacks being – because Holton Hill's gone for eight games. Mike Hughes is still on the side field. I mean, McKenzie yeah, Alexander, they're Mike talking Hughes, up. They're talk- Mike, Mike Hughes ain't going to be back until maybe some point during the regular season. Yeah, so you got McKenzie Alexander, and they're talking him up. Yeah. Um, but you need more than three. No, because it means Xavier. Well, it's got to be a concern right now, right? I would think so. Like the players that they have playing are good. Are good. So you're not immediately concerned about replacing them. But as far as as far as depth goes, I think it's it's got to be a daily concern. Yeah, because I mean we've seen Xavier come off. We've seen Trey yeah. Wayne's come off. Even if it's for half a game or a couple series, they ain't all staying healthy in 2019. No, you need somebody else, and so. Without knowing Mike Harris's and Holton Hill's gone for half the year, I think you're going to have to find a veteran. Now they're they're working out. What's the the rookie's name? They like uh, his name's uh, escaping me, but I, I think you're going to have to find a waiver 
a kid or a guy gets cut. Probably. Well, they, they, uh, I know they're working out people off the street. They worked but out like three guys early in camp, including Orlando Skandrick, and he signed elsewhere already. Yeah, now. but I'm guessing somebody will get cut and they'll, yeah. and they'll pick him up. But there's no way that they're not concerned about depth. They have sure. to be, absolutely. But you know what? Defensive line, too. I mean, Linval Joseph haven't really done anything in team with – with a shoulder, yeah, yeah. He he did after Sunday's practice. He ran, and that arm that arm didn't move. Yeah. Like the one arm he's <laughs> pumping with, he's running, and the one arm is is completely by his side and yeah. basically not pumping. Um, the one good thing for them is, at least for now, the Twins are definitely buying them time mm-hmm. because yeah. the focus on the Twins. And, and you know, we we haven't had this in ten years, nine yeah. years, yeah, a long time. Where by this point in time, Vikings training camp is it. Everybody's watching Kirk Cousins well, you think and about, trying to bring yeah, him down. You think about next week. That's a big week for the Twins. You got the Braves who are division leading. Yep. Cleveland coming in. Four games are, you know, every game there is going to be important. And so that's another week where the Twins are going to be the focus of the sporting public. God help the starters if they don't <laughs> do well too. If if you if you go against Cleveland and Yasiel Puig leaves the yard and I know. Fran Mill Reyes leaves the, the yard and all of a sudden Oda Rizzi's going uh, four and two thirds. There's going to be some. That's where the so fan, Bri, that Brios will pitch in that series for sure, right? I believe so. Yes, but that's where the fan base is going to come back and say, "Why didn't you do this?" Well, it would have been nice. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I and I don't think it'll be enough. I don't think it'll be enough to say, "Well, Mets didn't trade Syndergaard." And, Giants didn't trade Baumgartner. No. And it should, because that because you be don't enough. know. The one thing that they can't tell us is like, okay, what would you offer? Right. If they would do that, then you'd say. Well, it's very it's very interesting that nowhere in the trades they made did they come close to trading a top ten prospect. No. Like that that to me is because they're not going to tell us. That's all that you can look at and say you clearly really didn't go. And I think they, I think they tried to leak out that they would have been willing to trade one of the top two prospects. In a trade, they leaked out the Buxton thing. They but, right, but they leaked out the Buxton, like, and but that's a that's an initial one. You but, always, yes. you, I mean that's that's not a. I tried to explain final. this. Lavelle's reporting was really good, and I give him credit on the Buxton thing. Okay, but the week before, somebody had leaked out the fact that the Mets asked for Lewis and Kirlov. Yeah, which again, you're going to ask for. You're going to ask for yeah. Byron Buxton. We both know it means nothing. Yeah, you don't say, okay, we're never talking to him again. No, yeah, you just go back this to... whole notion of, well, then you hang up the phone, that's not how really... Then you call back 10 minutes later. <laughs> exactly right. And you say, hey, Brody, what are, you know, what's yeah. going on? What are you talking about? Yeah. How about Royce Lewis and... But Noah Syndergaard should have rated at the very least two top 10 prospects being offered. Without a doubt. And I'm not saying it should have been both your top two, but you, I think you got to offer one of your top two, and I think you got to offer another top ten. Another top ten. Yeah. And Mad Bum should have rated at, in June at least one of your top ten prospects. That's the thing is, we can don't. I don't want to talk about how smart you are. Yeah. Show me. And then see, yeah, show me. Yeah. And that's. I just did they offer in them and other teams? Did they offer enough in their in their side to make it? Attractive to those teams. We don't know that. I'm telling and you. Then, yeah. I if know, you tell I me that you did you. And, and the Mets wouldn't do it, okay, fine. Right. Then the Mets are just being crazy. Right. But if, you, if you're saying we've got to hang on to our top four prospects under no circumstances, well, then you should be criticized. Then this is your fault. Yeah. Well, and, and that's like Strowman. Like, don't – you can't come back to me and say, well, 
we called and then they didn't call us back and the Mets, and the Mets called and they got what they want. You know, that, that makes it sound like it's my rotisserie league baseball team and I'm <laughs> calling you on a Sunday. Yeah. But then your, your best pal Ted calls you and you make a trade I hate with Ted, but you don't make it with yeah. me because we're not best. I mean, that's, that's, that is actual rotisserie league talk. Mm-hmm. That's fantasy league talk. You yeah. can't say, well, the Mets called and we hadn't called back. Yeah. Because we had to go home for dinner. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, come on. Come on. And, but that's, that frustrated, frustrated me about Twins fans because they're like, well, the Mets did, you know, the Mets and Toronto. And I was like, no, you can't. Yeah. That's not an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sorry. Yeah. That's, I mean, to me, you had to, this was the time to be bold. And I don't know. That's what we, back to our original point. They improved the team, without a doubt. They did. But it still just feels like air came out rushing out. When I saw what the what, what uh, Houston did, what Houston did, it was just like, mm. yep, <laughs> okay. And and you know what? It's a continuing pattern of the Astros taking on big contracts and also trading away top prospects. Because the thing is, and is like, that's impressive. It, let's say they win a World Series, but even if they don't. And then it, it goes through five years from now, seven years from now, they bottom out. I would still be like, you know what? It was worth it. Absolutely. Once it, you win a World Series, you don't was, care for, yeah. for how long? Five, ten years? I would say ten. Okay, ten years. You think people in Kansas City care that that team they, – they, they got the World For Series. three years, they were great. They, they won a World Series. They were in the mix. Absolutely. All right, Chipper. All right, brother. Lots to cover there. Conduits of trouble uh, back next week. Zolgan Scoggins. Talk to you then.